Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Honestly, there's such a just sweet presence. And uh, I know God wants to do something. This, this message has been brewing. And... Uh, you know, I, I just don't bring a message that I'm not living. You know, it's pretty much, you know, it's been my revelation of just getting getting the beat down lately. <laughs> but I know God does it in love because I need, I need it. But it was so funny because I, I needed all these answers over the weekend. I told my wife, let's just get away. I've been grinding out. Let's just get away. We go camping the last couple nights with our friends and trying to text people. My texts aren't going through. All this kind of stuff. Just, you know, when you're like, cellular data is not working. I can't even figure out how to get a map to the store. I'm getting so frustrated. Finally, last night, late last night, I go, maybe it's my phone. I reset my phone. 101 text messages. God's like, see, all those people you're judging for not getting back to you. I just think how many people are judging you for you not getting back to them. I'm like repenting last night over text messages over a dumb iPhone. Listen, I want to pray for some people. I just feel like if you feel like you're in a season, you're like, I need something to shift. I'm gonna, I want to pray right now for you. If you could just lift your hands. Whenever I feel like the Holy Spirit knocking on something, I know I got to pray for it. Uh, when the devil starts telling me not to. So it's not that, you know, I have that much ADD, but, but when I'm trying to listen and then I feel the devil come in right behind and be like, don't you do it, don't you do it. I know, I know it's a Holy Spirit thing. So now we're definitely gonna pray for it. So those that are with your hand lifted, that's an act of faith. And right now we're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to meet you where you're at. God created each and every one of you. He, he knows what you need right now. And sometimes in that obedience, just doing this, that's like shoving it to the devil. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you right now for every hand that's lifted. God, I thank you for your authority in this house. God, we quiet the noise of the enemy right now. I rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name. God, and I thank you for peace. Let peace be restored. For those where peace has been taken, let peace be restored. For those that have anxiousness, we bind that spirit of anxiousness and fear right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for breakthrough in this house. God, I thank you for those that have been seeking. God, they will find. God, those that have been knocking and knocking and knocking, you will open the door now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that you've given us authority on this earth. And no devil in hell can set us back. God, we take back authority right now that the enemy has taken from us. And God, we thank you that you're shifting even hearts right now that have been a little bit jaded. God, soften our hearts again to hear and receive what you have for us today. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for the men and the women that got over the line to get here today. And specifically, I see a couple of you that it took a lot of energy to get here today. Even some of you couples, there were some arguments this morning, and it was easier to stay home than get here, but you made it here. 
And God is going to honor that. God is going to reward that. God, we thank you for that healing and that breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen. I feel like there's two couples, too, that are trying for babies, and you've been trying, and I'm just going to tell you, my wife's here, and I would say after, after this sermon today, I feel nudged right now that um, you come down and find my wife, and babe, would you be okay praying for him? She's been praying for, uh, you know, babies, and, and, and there's been lots of families that have been trying, 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 and man, she's prayed for him, and nine months later, there's a baby, and she walks in that authority. You know, we prayed for our three babies, but I feel like there's two specific couples, and uh, you got to fight for that breakthrough. And uh, let my wife pray for you right after service. That's a word for you. I'd do it right now, but uh, you can do it right afterwards. It'll be fine. You guys ready for this today? Are you sure? Some of you, some of you look nervous. Some of you, some of you aren't sure what's about to happen. I'm going to be really honest with you. I'm not even sure what's going to happen. I just, you know, it's going to happen. Is that right, Chad? How good was Michael on the drums back here? I'm just going to tell you, I thought he was just a CEO. You know, making millions, trying to crush it, you know. But he's back there beating the drums like a war cry. If there's any company I'm going to invest in, whatever he's doing, worship leading on a Sunday kicking butt in the marketplace on a Monday. That's a good thing. If you don't know him, runs Public Square. Man. Thank you for incredible worship today. God bless you guys. Come back up early. It will help, you know. We need that angelic flow at the end here. You guys may all be seated. Let's give it up for Pastor Summer and the hair flick. That was just, wow, that's it? Wow. That's it. I mean, she's out there doing the tour. It's pretty impressive. I mean, it's amazing. I grew up in a church, and we had a building fund on the flyer. You know, when you walk into some churches, they hand you the flyer, um, and, and then you see the building fund. It went up literally maybe 20 bucks a month. It was probably my lunch money, but I mean, it was going up. So for 18 years, we never bought one building. And then you come to a church, and we're buying every building. It's unbelievable. I'm believing for one in Escondido. How many of you want to believe one in Escondido for me? How about Temecula? Can we prophesy Temecula? Come on, we got a prayer meeting up there. Coronado's coming. Some of you aren't clapping, but you know what? It's nice, it's nice not to drive to one location and then parkings at night. You know, we get to drive to all these cool churches, you know, that... Listen to the miracle real quick about Beho. That is a Salvation Army. See, Salvation Army was founded by a Christian dude that just loved Jesus and wanted to create this, this army. And he was going out, Salvation, he wanted to be an army of getting people saved for the Lord. And they were massive. And then he left it to a kids who you'd hope would entrust it, but they didn't pick up what their dad was putting down. And then it went to a board of trustees because kids are like, that's too much responsibility. And then you get these trustees that are just going to sell the building. It's our first church with real pews in it. It's epic. I mean, the property was, they were going to do so much with kids and that basketball court, I was supposed to have at San Marcos for my youth. And now I got to prophesy that back into existence, but... 
we're going to do amazing things with it. And why do I tell you all that? Because I, I just grew up with Christians like, well, if it's meant to be, God will make it happen. Well, guess what? If it was meant to be, that would already have been sold to somebody else because it was in escrow. We offered the same amount as the company of the world, if you will, construction company offered. Salvation Army gave it to them. And Pastor Jurgen just stirred it in his spirit and got a little fired up about it, wrote them a letter and says, I'm going to curse this offer every day until it doesn't happen because that was started with the Lord's purpose and you have a chance to keep it continuing with Lord's purposing, getting people saved. And this will be on your consciousness as a board. I hope you lose sleep over it. And as a church, we'll be cursing the offer. Sure enough, come to Jesus moment. They broke up with that offer, not the other way around, and then accepted our offer. That's how you know there's an antichrist spirit in the world. That's why as Christians, you got to keep a little fire on the inside of you. And you're like, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. That's why you're still single. Okay, go after. You got to ask somebody out. Some of you didn't like that joke, but you know what? I'm here to preach some truth up in here. And uh, so proud of uh, Pastor Samuel. He's been doing a lot more around the house and stuff since Katie's been injured. I just think as a friend, we need to tell the truth. She's been healed for a couple weeks, but she's so, so excited with how much work's getting done around the house. We've been milking it, but I felt convicted in the first service. So now, now we know. She's healed. He needs... Just keep up what you've been doing. I mean, you could take, you could take uh, his name out of the book of miracles. He's been doing the work. Your house has never looked so clean. Yeah. That's good, friends. Well, listen, uh, the title of my message is called It's Harvest Season. So I'm going to give you three tips uh, for, really, tips for the harvest. Anybody, anybody want to harvest in their life? Okay. About 50% of you. That's cool. First service was like 75%, but we're not competing. We're not competing. But uh, honestly, what happened was I was, uh, last week was kind of messing me up a little bit. We had Pastor Andrew Kabbalah come in, and he came in and he preached at the... Um, at our Wednesday night service. And what happened was, you know, here's a, here's a guy that I've known for years, and he, when he was coming through on the regular pre-2000, you know, or yeah, 2020, pre-COVID, he, he's a healing evangelist. And, you know, I didn't even know that was a thing until it was a thing. Uh, but what happened was he was healed from cancer. Twice, first time he was healed, but he didn't have his heart right, and he was just saying... You know, he felt he was crying out to God, mostly out of he was angry. And then a couple months later, it came back with a vengeance. He was on his deathbed. His uh, Catholic priest came in, did last rites. His parents had just put a deposit down for a cacket, uh, ca cactus. Wow. That would have been weird. For a casket. And anyway, so he, he had weeks to live. And then his youth pastor that he had met a few times at went to a Christian church that was, you know, shared the gospel with him. He accepted Jesus. Just got a word from the Lord and said, go pray for that kid and he's going to get healed. Thank God for a youth pastor. That one would hear the voice of the Lord and not just hear the voice of the Lord, would put action to the voice of the Lord and go do something. How many times have we heard, you know, something and not put action to it? Or am I just talking about myself? Which happens like every other month to me. So I'm trying to get 
you don't have to amen that, babe, but I mean, <laughs> wow, wow. I was using it as a, yeah. I already have the Holy Spirit. I don't need Junior. <laughs> That's why marriage getaway is just a few weeks away. We're going to hold on. No, I'm just joking. I need all the help I can get. That's why God gave me a helpmate and the Holy Spirit. But uh, so Andrew Kabbalah came in. Anyways, that youth pastor went in, prayed for him. Power of God hit him. He's been healed. God said, you'll never have cancer again. So he's been traveling the world, praying for people. Radical miracles have happened in our church every time he's come through. But we haven't had him in a while because of everything. And it's amazing how we can get away from what things are familiar. And I realized it, man. It was like awkward on Wednesday night. I mean, our, our ushers were trying to figure out what to do. People were falling over, no catcher. I'm like, well, we just lost another one. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right. We need an usher training quick here. Because when the power of God's moving, how do you know what to do? See, I didn't grow up in a church like that. I grew up over here and never saw miracles in 30 years. And I come to this church in the first, you know, six years, it's like awkward turtle for me because I'm like, what is going on when you're letting, we're a Holy Spirit filled church. That means you're going to let God do whatever he wants to do. It's his agenda. It's his church. God builds his church. And what's amazing is. We used to be in this flow and see miracles and healings and all these things, and we we're kind of like, yeah. And then you get away from it. You see how awkward it is. We're like trying to figure it out. And then Pastor Leanne and I were talking afterwards. I'm like, man, we are going after those miracles again. And it's okay to be, it's okay to let God do it. It's okay. We can't script it. You don't know what to do. We didn't, I didn't even know how to end the service. I'm like, um, don't forget your kids. Um, if you need, Pastor Andrew, you want to come back up here? We were like, but it was so real life and people got healed. Oh, I had friends that were watching online going, what just happened at your church? I'm like, that's what I was saying. But God showed up and things happened. This Wednesday night will be more of that. Pastor Samuel's coming in. He'll be fasting on Monday and Tuesday. If you, if you want to sit, if you want to believe, bring your friends that are sick, that don't believe, let's, let's let there be a move of God. We're shifting the gear. Where else are they going to go? Where else would Pastor Andrew Kabbalah go? You know, he was already in the hospital. They had no answers. But there was still an answer. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he got his miracle. And it just keeps me, you know, so fired up to keep running after and chasing after the things of God, even when you're uncomfortable, even when you don't know. How do we keep having these buildings? Because of supernatural things that are happening. Vision builders, people are like, oh my gosh, thank God for your church. My marriage was restored. Thank God for your church. My, my cousin was healed in our church. Radical healing. It still messes me out. I can still preach about that healing today with this still the same amount of juice because guess what? It's still radical to see God moving. And if you haven't had God move in your life in a radical way, let today be the day. I don't know why I want to headbutt somebody. <laughs> Gets me fired up to think about it. Because I just remember I grew up and you just like, I was checking the box going to church. So anyways, a few weeks ago, I was talking to Rex Crane, even before this 
this whole thing. He's like, hey, be, be reading the book of John. There were seven miracles. John was trying to just to explain to people in the book of John about the miracles of Jesus to build faith. And then when they show up and would encounter him, they would encounter a miracle. That's why he wrote seven of the miracles in the book of John. Just read those miracles over and over and over till you know without a shadow of a doubt. Dr. Matt, when you get up to preach, boom, you're, you're preaching miracles and God's going to move through you. I'm like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. But what's amazing is I started reading the book of John. Then I hit chapter 15, and then I felt like God was like, whoosh, whoosh. it was like, I was like, ah, oh, I'm not ready to train this level yet. And he was just giving download after download. And, and I knew that God was highlighting this chapter to me and that I was in the middle of something and I was walking this out. And I pretty much just preach what I'm walking out and I've walked through it. And there's been, God showed me different levels and different seasons and different times that he's taking me through what this piece of scripture is doing. But God, God has been highlighting it to give me a different revelation than I've had multiple times reading the same thing. If I've done a Bible in a year and I've read through this book multiple times, why is this pointing out something I've never seen the way that it's being, you know, the Holy Spirit is showing it to me now and revealing it to me now? Well, guess what? I am obviously at a different place in my life than I was last year, than I was the year before, than I was five years before. We never want to be the same Christian we were three months ago, six months ago, a year from now. If we are walking out the same thing and we're walking around the same mountains, then let me just tell you something. Something isn't shifting in your life that needs to shift. God doesn't want you stuck. He doesn't want you plateaued. He doesn't want you hitting a ceiling in your life. And every ceiling, you have to just believe that's your next floor. You either believe that or you don't. So what do we do to get breakthrough, to push through, to go to the next level in our life to see the next level of fruit? Well, that's kind of what we're going to preach on tonight or today. It's going to go as long as tonight if you don't start smiling. Somebody, remind your face. Thank you. Here we go. So John 15, I'm going to read one through eight, and then we're going to break it down. So it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit on itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, verse five. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he can cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. That part is a little harsh for me, but I understand. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask, where do you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you may be my disciples. Point one, prepare the soil. Prepare the soil. Abiding in Christ is essential for spiritual growth. The first four verses are all about that spiritual growth. What does it take for spiritual growth? What I want you to understand is as we prepare the soil, the soil is important. See, there was these first years of life where I grew up one way, and then I came over. I, I, I knew of Jesus I don't know how my relationship was with Jesus. I don't know how much abiding in Jesus. I mean, I, was, I felt like I was a part of the vineyard. I was showing up in church. 
But it was amazing that I can attend church and still not have a relationship with Jesus. I was so shocked at Easter how many people I'd meet, like, oh, yeah, so-and-so, I was raised Catholic, you know, but I, all this, you know, I'd be like, okay, they were raised Catholic. How's your personal relationship with Jesus? Oh, I, I think, have you ever asked Jesus in your heart? No. But they were around it. So you could be in church and still not know Jesus. See, I realized, man, I think I grew up in church, but I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus because I looked at my fruit and my fruit was pathetic growing up. I was a train wreck. I was a mess on legs. I was in debt. I don't need to go into the details, but it's not the fruit that other people would want to come eat from. What was amazing is like, how could I be in church but not have the fruit? I was just like what this verse was talking about. And I was like, hmm, what's my evidence of being attached to the vine? Should be fruitfulness. But I didn't have any growing up. It's amazing because in chapter 14, Jesus, to break this whole thing down, he was talking to his disciples, trying to build faith. In chapter 14, he was like, all right, disciples, I need you to understand, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He was just trying to give him simple things in chapter 14, and then he breaks down chapter 15. He's pretty much doing a fruit check on his disciples. So my question to you today is, how's the fruit check? What's the fruit look like, but is it your environment? See, what was amazing is I had a lot of toxic friends. I had a lot of friends that didn't have fruit either. We were just camping, you know, Friday night, and we go up to this lake, and I remember driving by, and there used to be hundreds of boats on it, thousands of boats on it. This RV park was unbelievable, splash pads, pools. I mean, this thing was epic, but then the beach down below, it looked like a zombie movie. It was just empty, a little eerie, and then it said, don't go on the lake. This is a contact, you know, don't, no contact lake. And then the people were like, we saw someone out there jet skiing. I'm like, well, they can. I'm like, yeah, there's a sign that says causes brain damage if you get water. Lake smells some more. I mean, Elsinore. <laughs> and you're not allowed to be on Lake Elsinore right up the street from your hour because it's so toxic. Yet we are watching people still out there. I woke up the next morning. I'm like, that person's wake surfing. I hope they know Jesus. I mean, it's saying there's bacteria that could eat your brain and you're wake surfing. But how many people have, do I know? And maybe I was one of them, that I was still living my life, going to church on a Sunday, had no fruit in my life. I was just on a path to destruction and I had no spiritual maturity. But I was in a toxic environment and I kept going back to it every Friday, kept going back to it every Saturday. Kept, it was like I was trying to throw myself in this toxic environment. And God's just saying, how can I do what I'm going to do in your life if you keep deciding to abide in the world, not abide in me? I'm trying to get you to abide in me so you have spiritual maturity so you can make better decisions. I'm going to preach right here. I'm going to preach right here. Okay. Good job. So what's your environment? Jesus is saying... I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. He's life. My dad's the gardener. Let him prune you. He is the source of our spiritual life, and apart from him, we can do nothing. He goes on to say that every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and that every branch that bears fruit, he prunes so that it may bear more fruit. The pruning can be painful, but it's necessary for growth. Jesus tells us that we are already clean because of the word he has spoken to us. This is the message version. 
When we receive his word and believe in him, we are made clean and able to bear fruit. So there's just two basic things. One, we got to receive. And the second thing is we got to believe. Amazing. Pastor Andrew was talking about he received healing. He just didn't believe it. It came back. He got his healing the second time. Now we believed. And no one can take the belief from him. That's why he walks in such power, authority, and has so much fruit in the life. He will step up there, and he doesn't care how much unbelief you have because he's got more belief than probably all of us. He was healed of cancer. All his doctors got healed, I mean, got saved. All his nurses got saved because they saw a death kid that was three weeks away from death with a casket on order, last rites, that got powerfully healed when a youth pastor walked in and brought the power. How do you know that hospital was forever changed? So can we receive, can we believe, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. In other words, we need to stay connected to Christ in order to experience spiritual growth. It's amazing that, you know, one of my verses for years was Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom because I grew up not seeking first the kingdom. I grew up seeking the world, but going to church on a Sunday, hoping that would be enough. But after I got that in my mind, I got to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto me. I saw my fruit starting to change. My wife and I, for years, you know, it's like, man, we're praying, we're believing, we're praying, we're believing. There's been multiple times in our life, in our marriage, you know, and being a part of this church for 18 years, that I've had multiple prunings. Multiple. And you think, you never arrived. Just when I think I'm arrived, oh, now I'm over Marcos, bam, more pruning. Dear Lord, how much pruning can this guy handle? Obviously, I needed more. New levels, new devils. You know, it's like, but it was amazing. I, I uh, had this revelation that we're able to overcome sin based on the environment we put ourselves in. We all fall short. We're all sinners. We're all going to struggle. We're all going to misstep. But what environment do you put yourself in that when we fall, how fast do you get back up again? What are the people speaking life into you? It's always amazing because the devil whispers all these little things. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at this. You can, be, you can have someone say something to you out of love. You get offended by it. It's just something maybe they saw. They're trying to help prune you. We get tweaked by it. Next thing you know, the, the devil's right there. Come on back. I got you. Yeah, yeah. Trying to suck us into the vortex of walking away from what God's trying to build on the inside of us. I'll never forget um, in... in uh, I think 2010, 2010, there was some pruning going on. And then 2012, I remember, man, there were some business deals and some taxes and some stuff. And we were pregnant with, you know, our first daughter. And I remember Pastor Jurgen sitting me down and just saying, hey, vision builders, vision builders, I know you made this pledge. What's going on? I'm your pastor. And he really was just trying to ask the right questions. It's like, you said Michaela gave you and you the exact same word. It's the exact same number, and yet you're not, you're not, you didn't fulfill it. How can I just help you? It's not about fulfilling. It's about what the enemy's trying to do, because if he gave you that word, and then you're there to get that word done, then what happened? Well, this deal went bad, and this went, I'm like, so God changed his mind? He doesn't know the beginning from the end? He didn't know that was going to happen? I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, let me talk to my wife about it. 
And then her response was, yeah, I told you so. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't the response I was looking for. But you know what was amazing? We just got on the same plan. We fulfilled that. And the end of that, right after that, I remember walking in. We were late to fulfill it, but then all of a sudden, God showed us this house, and we moved into our first dream house in Squirps Ranch. My baby was just, you know, born in our old house. We moved into this house. Three or four confirmed miracles. It was radical. Lease option to buy. I mean, at the time, it was so radical, I couldn't even believe it. Now I look back and be like, what the heck was that? That, that wasn't that hard. But when I had zero faith and I had a little bit of fruit and I was doing all this stuff, all I had to do was be faithful to what God was trying to prune in my life so that I could reap the reward. But if I didn't, I remember I was tweaked after that meeting with Pastor Jurgen. I was like, what does he even know? <laughs> a marketplace, I'm a marketplace giant that had a setback. And I was trying to use all these things to rationalize and justify and everything. And here's the truth. He was just asking questions that I didn't want to answer. But as I was answering them and as I was seeing where the devil got in there, where my faith started to fold, I just had a good shepherd that was just trying to ask the right questions to see how to do it. He was pruning. It was uncomfortable and asking questions. And then out of that came a season of fruitfulness. I had spiritual maturity that was happening because of that pruning, but I didn't yet have the fruit. Are we letting people speak into us, or are we digging our heels in, or are we just saying or justifying? It's one of two things. We could justify really well, and God can leave you the same, or you can allow people in your life to speak the truth that you actually receive the truth, tweak the truth, and navigate the truth. My wife and I had to do some navigating to be able to step into our blessing, to get the fruitfulness that we wanted. See, I remember that I was reading this thing on pruning. My dad, I called my dad to get my facts straight. I'm like, Dad, I remember way back in the way I was in grad school and I came home and my dad had sat us down a couple weeks before. My brother and I said, we're, it's going to be tough. He didn't know how he was going to help us pay for school. My brother was at USD. I was here. So he said, we just had to figure it out. I was like, okay, figure out how to pay for grad school. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> What's the problem? Well, I spent all our money on this vineyard because he was a land developer, accidentally bought 700 acres. And uh, then he had to figure out how to develop it. So he put a vineyard on it. He was going to do all this stuff. It all sounded great until he ran out of money doing it. And then we were coming up on our first crop. And so he called us and said, hey, just really be believing in this crop so we can make some money and then pay for your school. So we were sitting there going, oh, yeah, we're going to be praying for that. And uh, I didn't want to pay for school. I mean, my dad's the one that talked me into going to school. I mean, come on. This is before Uber. I may have defaulted and just said, I'm driving Uber, okay? I like people. I'll drive around and talk to people all day long. This could be the greatest job ever. I still want to do it, but my wife won't let me. See, Uber or bartending, both aren't options right now for me, so just pray for me. Why are you laughing? Both of them, bartending Uber. I could be like an evangelist. We're going to work that out later. But for now, it's so great to brainstorm with you. I feel like I just got a new business idea. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Nope. No. Thank you. See? Pruned. Just got pruned. That's a good friend. Testing you all. Testing you all. No one said no except a pastor. You're a good shepherd. You're a good shepherd. Yep. 
So anyways, I've told my dad, we sat down. He goes, all right. They said, your crop is going to yield about $250,000. So we were pumped. And then my dad was asking about pruning. What if we prune this season? What would it yield next year? So they go on this thing and like, why take the chance? It could be a bad season. It could rain too much. You could get mold on your crops. It could not rain enough and you don't have this yield. This is a guaranteed $250,000 that will get you through the year so you can get this crop. But my dad said, well, I've been studying viticulture. I've been studying how this works. If we can prune it, if I can get in there and prune this right, it could do 10, 20, 35. 40% yield next year. And the guys thought my dad was crazy. My dad said, let me pray on it. Took a night, prayed on it. The next day, called my brother and I and said, hey, pray for us. We're going to cut all the grapes off. My dad pruned those things back. I mean, the vineyard, which was gorgeous at this time, and they were going to prune within, I mean, they were going to you know, harvest within two weeks, guaranteed $250,000. Anyways, my dad cut all that profit off, and we struggled for a year. And my dad just said he, he knew he felt like God told him to do it. And he gave me all these biblical reasons. But, you know, when I'm some punk kid not really believing it, living in San Francisco, about as woke before woke was a thing, just saying, whatever, dad, you're an idiot. I learned my first lesson. I watched what pruning was. I drove up there after they pruned the whole, vi the whole vineyard. It looked horrible. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, two weeks ago, this place was gorgeous, a lot of fruit. Now this thing looks horrible. And you just blew away $250,000. That next year, though, my dad's harvest was $2.5 million. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That secured a seven-year contract with Nebom Coppola to buy all our grapes at two and a half times, three times the premium of any other grape grower in our region in El Dorado Hills. It was such a life lesson. I mean, and when I called my dad, he was still preaching on it. He says, it wasn't just the higher yield and the higher quality. He told me, he goes, listen, you need to let them know that God also showed me in that, in that same thing, pruning the vines was able to maintain, they became stable the rest of their life. And they, uh, they, because of the pruning, it warded off disease and anything that was unhealthy that would rob or steal. And so I was trying to think, man... Not only does pruning the vine bring more yield, it also reduces disease, reduces problems, and brought a higher quality fruit. That's why we are set apart from every other vineyard up there. I was thinking to myself, how much more, sir? Because my dad actually got the biblical blueprint, well, the blueprint from the Bible. And I want to let you know that same blueprint is what works for you and I. How's our spiritual maturity? Are we allowing people to get in our world to prune? The second one is, if your fruit, rate your fruit. What is the fruit of your life right now? In a real, like if we could just hang out and talk. Do you have no fruit? Do you have some fruit? Do you have more fruit? Or do you have much fruit? We could look at finances. Are we in debt? God doesn't want us in debt. I'm not talking a mortgage on a house. I'm talking what's our debt? fruit look, look like? What's our relational fruit look like? What's our marriage fruit look like? What are our children look like? You know, it's amazing to me how I grew up in church, and man, you would have to drag me to go to church. It was like my mom was a guilt trip for travel agents, you know, dragging me to church all the time. I didn't want to be there. But my daughter, I saw her in a picture, and she was laying hands on another kid in kids' church praying for them. I was like, oh, that's fruit. Now, it's not me. Dear Lord, it's not me.
but I'm so grateful for a church, an environment that's not toxic, a church that wants to grow, that's not a babysitter club over there at Kids Church. We have some of the greatest kids volunteers and kids leaders I've ever seen. Teaching our kids how to pray for the book of miracles. Our kids have a worship team. My daughter says, Dad, we got to get back early from camping because you got to take me at 7 a.m. to kids worship. I said, I ain't taking you nowhere at 7 a.m. I'm, I'm, I'm message prepping. I got to preach. Dad, I'm on the worship team and you need to take me at 7 a.m. You need to figure it out. My, hey, don't talk to me that way. You need to figure it out. She goes, fine, I will. She found her own ride. I'm thinking to myself, I have a 10-year-old that just told me what to do. She will go to church. She found her own ride. This has got to be the fruit of my wife. And then I had to repent because here I am like, I've been praying for her, have a daughter or a kid. Like I'm just like, that's fruitfulness. Number point number two, prune the vines. Abiding in Christ is essential for fruitfulness. So it's essential for spiritual maturity. It's essential for fruitfulness. Jesus continues by saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. But abiding in Christ also means that we will face pruning. Just like a gardener prunes the branches in order to make it more fruitful, God prunes us in order to make us more like Christ. Pruning may be painful, but it's necessary in order for us to grow and bear more fruit. If you would have had to tell me some of the pruning I'd be going through right now, I'd be like, would it be worth it? I mean, dear Lord, I know we, we went through it. I remember I lost $180,000 2017. I was so ticked. This guy said he was a Christian. I wanted to assume, I remember I called, I have my, my attorney and then I get the family attorney. I called my dad and I said, give me the family attorney's number. So I told him the whole story and he goes, yeah, let's take him down. I'm like, yeah, this guy's scandalous. Well, I justified all the reasons and then God in a dream showed me at Tuesday morning on the way to prayer. I woke up having this dream and then God talked to me about the whole way. He goes, you really want to sue him? You're going to sue him and you're going to win. Is it worth it? I'm like, yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> Hundred eighty thousand. You know how much money that is, Lord. It's gonna take me this long to get it back, and this guy's just sitting there, and I don't want to look like a weak Christian. He goes, "You're not." Right. Let me show you this picture, and he showed me a picture of me winning, his wife divorcing him, his daughter living with his wife, his daughter hating her dad. She gets caught up in sexual sin, maybe drugs, three generations of divorce and everything, just because I won. And I got so convicted. And then men's prayer, God walks up to me and says, hey, God's speaking to you about a pretty serious matter. And he wants you to know if you can trust him, he'll handle everything. Man. So I came home and told my wife, hey, we're not going to sue this guy. I don't want to be a reason why his daughter might hate him. I don't want to ever be a reason knowing we could have caused division in that family that ruined a home because of money. God can restore anything. I'm gonna tell you something, I didn't know what was right around the corner. Just months later, my wife and I got ordained and we took over this campus, Bressie Ranch. 
and to see the fruitfulness of what happened at this campus. It broke out. Pretty much got the fire department called on us every Sunday. That's why we have San Marcos campus. So if you're new and be like, oh, you know, I see a couple empty seats. Let me tell you something. We just built another church because it couldn't even handle the fruit that was being produced out of here. Had nothing to do with me. Had to do with spiritual maturity. Had to do with faithfulness. God builds his church. He just knew he could use me. But now that we're at San Marcos, now that my wife and I are regionals, how many know it's another level of pruning? Really? Will I ever like this, Lord? Will I enjoy being pruned? And you know what he said? If you can see the next level of fruitfulness I'm about to bring to you, you'll learn to embrace it. You'll learn that I love you, that I have the best for you, that you can trust me, that I'm putting people around you, that I'm allowing to speak into your life. You'll love the results, but can you stay in it? It's like refiner's fire. Point number three, reap the harvest. Abiding in Christ leads to answered prayers, and it glorifies God. Let me read this to you to see if you can pick this up. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Some of you, that's going to mess up your theology today. See, I was raised with an amazing, both my parents love Jesus. My dad made millions and lost millions. He would self-sabotage, probably because of this one verse. See, my grandpa, great Presbyterian grandpa, loved my grandpa, but you know what? He had a thing with money. He said, money's the root of all evil. So every time my dad would make money, he'd find a way to self-sabotage it. See, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says, for the love of money. But my grandpa didn't have that revelation. So every time my dad made money, my grandpa would kind of shame on him. So does that give glory to God, or are you trying to glorify yourself? Break my dad until we'd self-sabotage, to the point where my dad stopped buying new cars. We only could buy used cars in my family. It's amazing. But it wasn't until this thing. I had, my dad had to wait. He's turning 80 this year. I love my dad. And it wasn't until just three years ago he came to emerge that that broke off him for the first time. So my dad could go that many years of his life realizing that my grandpa's generational belief had trickled all the way down. And I broke it off of me. It's not going to happen with me. But I didn't want my dad going to the grave without that revelation that God wants us to be blessed. And in this verse, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I could mess you up. But here's why. When we abide in Christ and seek his will, Matthew 6, he promises to answer our prayers. He goes on to say, get ready. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. See, your fruitfulness is a reflection of God's goodness. God wants his kids to be fruitful. So if you say, I believe in Jesus, I have a personal relationship with Jesus, you just don't know him, but you say, I believe in Jesus, heaven is my home, your life has to be fruitful. If it's not, we got to figure out what's going on. If we're not bearing much fruit, not a little fruit, not some fruit, we're called to be the light of the world. We're supposed to have so much fruit 
that there's an abundance, that we can share that fruit with other people. If not, how do we glorify God? With our lips? He's judging the tree by its fruit. What can keep, from, keep us from a fruitful life? I'm just going to tell you a couple things that I've heard over the last couple weeks. Because I need us to go from barren to abundant. Anybody else with me? Anybody want to live an abundant life? More than you could ever ask, think, or imagine? The Bible says he wants you to think that you could ask, think, or imagine. That's how big it has to be. We don't have to get all religious. We don't have to play Christianese. But it has to be so abundant, so imaginably big that we can just be so generous. We can keep getting buildings. We can keep doing radical stuff. We can bless people in the marriage getaway that can't afford to go there. How many know there's couples that really, really, really want to go that have emailed me and their stories? It's like, mm. and I, my prayer is, God, let me be born fruitful. I want to bless them. I don't want to put it on the church. Can you find a church scholarship? No, I want to be the scholarship, but I need to be fruitful. God, use me. Fine, prune me. Prune me. I had more friends come to Hero that have never heard the message of Jesus that got saved. Prune me so I can keep giving, that I keep, keep sowing. Let me get out of the way. So how do we go from barren to abundant? Here's what I've heard. And if you've heard yourself say any of these things, I'm going to pray for you. I know I'm supposed to land the plane. Sorry, doctors. No wonder I haven't been invited back. I went over. Okay. Number one, too, too ordinary. You think you're too ordinary. I'm not specially gifted, so how can God use me? How am I supposed to expect results? I don't have this degree or that degree. How can God use me? Listen, 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each for the profit of all. Ephesians 2, 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Yeah. Walk in those good works. If you don't know them, then you're not planted maybe in our church and being discipled. Let us disciple you. Right. We have Awaken University. We have Pathfinders. Yeah. We have all these things that can help you. Number two is you're too busy. I'm already overwhelmed. I'm trying to make ends meet. I don't have time to bear fruit for God. Oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to serve. I don't know how I could run a connect group. Oh, my house is too small. Oh, I would need this. Listen. Luke 12, 22. Then he said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Pretty much he's saying, I've got you. Let tomorrow worry for itself. I got you. Can you trust me? You might say I'm too discouraged. Every time I try to do more for God, I fall on my face. I want to tithe. I just don't know how to work that out. I want to do vision builders. I want to serve. I just can't. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't let someone steal your hope. This is the greatest hope dealership I know in San Diego. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in the infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You may say you're too inexperienced. You might say, I don't know where to start. Listen, Jesus has got you. You just start by showing up. Start by showing up. 
Make sure you're in the right soil. The fruit speaks for itself here. You're in the right soil. Find the right tribe. Find the right friends. Find the right family. Let people speak life into you. Number two is just let that spiritual maturity, let the fruitfulness allow pruning to happen and then reap the harvest. As I land on this, I just want us all to stand to our feet. There's two things I realized when I was reading this. Abiding in Christ is the key to spiritual growth, and fruitfulness is our offense. You got to learn how to play offense as a believer. We got to be a producer. Pastor Jurgen preached on it last week, being a producer, taking territory. When he was preaching, it was amazing. I felt like I was getting pruned when he was preaching. He was talking about a vision builder's pledge. He didn't fulfill down under, and then he couldn't sell his property. He couldn't. It was down to his last penny. And then Pastor Leanne pretty much called him out on it. He got called out on it. He went and wrote the check, and then it sold a couple days later. Well, it was amazing because I got so convicted. I was like, shoot. On Tuesday, God had showed me, hey, you're dishonoring your friend Kevin. He runs men's prayer. He runs men's for you. He does all this stuff. I'm like, I'm not dishonoring Kevin. I love Dr. Kevin. And he goes, well, you haven't paid him what you owe him. See, I sold him my RV a long time ago, and then he bought a new, bigger, glorious one, you know, barren to fruitfulness. <laughs> Obviously, he's fine with getting pruned. And then I bought his back. I bought his back, and I said, yeah, I'm going to sell my restaurant. I'll give you the cash. It'll probably be like, you know, four to six weeks. I said 30 days, actually. And then, uh, and then um, the Holy Spirit on Tuesday is like, yeah, you know why you haven't sold your restaurant? Well, yeah, I know, Lord. That's why I haven't paid him yet. Duh. Not disrespect for him. He gets it. He's fine. He goes, dishonoring him. I'm like, I'm not dishonoring him. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. So it's blah, 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 you know, back and forth. <laughs> and then I said, okay, I'm going to pay him. So then Wednesday, I didn't pay him. Thursday, I didn't pay him. Friday, I didn't pay him. Saturday, I didn't pay him. And then I get pruned on Sunday by Pastor Jurgen. And then I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh. I couldn't drive home fast enough to get the cash out of my... I pulled the cash out of my safe, put it in my satchel. I'm like, I'm going to drive it to him. So I had to stop by a birthday or going away party. I stopped by going away party. I got all this cash with me. I'm telling you, this is for somebody. And then I'm taking pictures and I leave it there. And I didn't realize it until I got home. How many of you know fear of the Lord's a real thing? And how many of you know that you learn how to pray when you don't know how to pray real quick when you're in a situation? Good news is I knew how to pray. I prayed. My friend said, oh, I picked up your satchel. And then when I told him how much was in it, he started praying for himself. It was like a test of the talents. Why do I tell you this? I couldn't get that money to Kevin fast enough. I got him that money. It's hilarious. My uncle just called me and said, you won't believe this. Out of the blue, had a buyer for your restaurant. I got the check in my hand. I'm flying down this Tuesday to give it to you. Listen. Listen, our ways are not his ways. I wish I was quicker. God spoke to me on Tuesday, and I ignored it. I'd have my pastor come preach about it on Sunday. That preach was for no one else but me. <laughs> and I finally go, Lord, I hear you loud and clear. I'm going to handle it. He goes, well, how about the other areas? How about your office? I've given you a word about your office, and you haven't done anything there. How about your word here? How about your word there? Listen, I'm in the middle of my pruning. 
but I know it's worth it for the fruitfulness on the other side. Every one of us. So listen, with every head bowed and every eye closed, listen. If you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe you came to church, maybe you're a good person, maybe you know of Jesus, you actually even went to Hero, you knew the resurrection, you knew Jesus died for you. You've known he's done all these things, but you've never said, Jesus, I invite you in my heart. You may know me, you may come to San Marcos, you may come to Bresci. You're just not gonna show up my house for dinner unless I personally invite you and give you the gate code and my phone number. Jesus is waiting. He's not going to push his way into your house, which is your heart. He wants you to say, hey, I'm inviting you. And if you invite him, he comes into your heart and you're a new creation and heaven is your home. If you want to invite Jesus in your life, can you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? Thank you. Thank you, those hands right there. Amen. Who else is there? Who else am I talking to this morning? Come on, thank you, young lady. Beautiful. Is there anybody else this morning? Listen, raising your hand doesn't get you into heaven. Just saying this prayer is just an invitation to your heart, which gets your name written in the book of life forever and eternity. Angels celebrate. Yeah, there's no greater thing than that. And then our job as a church is to do the discipling. We're going to give you a Bible and a following Jesus book, which is cool if you're new to this campus because your pastor wrote it. I just have to give it out. I don't have any credit like that. But listen, we're going to say this prayer. You guys with me? We're all going to say it together. And for those that raise your hand or if I, I know I'm over and if I didn't give you enough time, it's not about raising your hand. Just say this prayer and then let us pray for you afterwards. Let's say it. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. Today, I'm forgiven. Thank you. I'm a new creation. And I just ask, Lord, that you show me how to be fruitful. Send me the greatest friends and show me how the rest of my life can be the best of my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.